What's up, everybody? Um, welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is Denise Gonzalez, for those who do not know me. And for those who do, welcome once again to my YouTube channel. Um, now, <clears throat> today, I usually, uh, on Saturdays, don't do any shows, but um, as a request from many people um, that watch my uh, breaking news episode about Eliezer Molina's arrest, a lot of people have been asking me to bring more awareness and attention to our current governor, Pedro Pierluisi. For those who do not know Pedro Pierluisi and want to know more about the man that's right now our governor in Puerto Rico, well, welcome to my show. And we're going to start um, from his origins, uh, the stuff that, you know, made him more notorious from when he was uh, our congressman all the way up to who is today who is he today, which is our governor, and also uh, what has made him have a net worth of $1,075,000 just by being in politics. So welcome, everybody. I see Jose, Justin Taylor. I see Sundown and JS. Welcome, guys, once again to my YouTube channel. Now, before we start, uh, you know how we do it over here. Please um, like, subscribe, and hit that bell for notifications so that you don't miss any one of my shows here on Latin Splaining. So where do we start with Pedro Pierluisi? Well, I don't know if you guys have known, if you are uh, from Puerto Rico, you know that this man right now has been in the public eye for decades. Uh, he, okay, first when he graduated from his university and he became a lawyer, uh, he represented the government of Peru when they were doing their um, silver market lawsuit and won, won for them, I believe it was $134 million. After that, he became the um, attorney general for Puerto Rico under uh, Pedro Rosselló, the father of Ricardo Rosselló, our ex-governor that was disgraced and forced to resign in the summer of 2019 by the public pressure after he left 4,000 Puerto Ricans die after Hurricane Maria. And it was all just for political and financial gain on top of other things that he did. When a shot was unveiled by basically... Many th many shows in Puerto Rico, especially for those who are not familiar with it, show La Comay was the first one that unveiled the nefarious uh, telegram chat that ended up costing Ricardo Rosselló his governorship uh, in 2019. Well, we're going to start from the beginning. And at first, this man in 2008, 
Pedro Pierluisi became our congressman in Washington, D.C. As many of you guys know, any U.S. territory like Guam, Puerto Rico, and in the past, Hawaii had um, a congressman or a congresswoman uh, represent us in Washington, D.C. Now, we're non-voting uh, congressmen. So basically, they're right there as a representative to bring awareness to issues, at least that's their job description, and also advocate and lobby for um, benefits, for budgets, for situations that might be happening in Puerto Rico. Um, and they're also um, only granted permission to speak whenever a voting member of Congress allows them to. So he was, uh, he became our congressman in the 2008 elections when uh, Luis Fortuño was our governor. And in 2009, they started. And I want to, something that was very, it's very, uh, makes me very curious about Pedro Pierluisi is that throughout his career, most of the problems that and red flags that this man has is his constant um, method of having, you know, a conflict of interests every time he's into politics because when he's elected, then he will function as a politician. But when he's not elected, he will go back to the private sector and he will make deals that can come off as him sharing um, governmental classified information. And when he started his political career after becoming the attorney general, and we all know that during his term, a lot of things happened uh, in Puerto Rico when it came to law, legislation, um, settlements and whatnot, and also the appointing of different judges it was kind of wonky, the investigations that did not happen under his um, term as an attorney general, because let's not forget that Pedro Rosselló, during his term, was one of the times where Puerto Rico had the most corrupted officials resulting in over 50 different um politicians being arrested and found guilty by the FBI because Pierluisi never investigated the corruption in the new progressive party, which is his collectivity. Um, he never investigated these people for misuse of funds, embezzlement, and other, other things. So the FBI had to come in and start investigating these people and found out that over 50 officials were stealing money and embezzling money from uh, the people of Puerto Rico for personal gain. So that was the beginning of his career as a, you know, notorious politician in Puerto Rico. It was, to me, it was disgrace from the beginning uh, to the point where now we're asking him to do the simplest things and he cannot, but that is his character. And he showed it as an attorney general. He showed it in Washington, D.C. as a congressman. Uh, and he has shown it throughout his whole career. 
I don't know why a lot of people are surprised about this. I am not. I follow his career very close. And like I said, if as an attorney general, you cannot condemn or prosecute corruption over 50 different uh, agencies, um, leaders, and secretaries and assistants and you know, I, I don't know what to tell you about how you're doing your job that the FBI has to jump in and basically discipline you for not doing what you're supposed to do. Now, let's start with, um, I see Melanie tonight um, is here and Terrell. Hi, guys. Um, I see that a lot of people don't know um, what happened with Pedro Pierluisi in the past as a congressman. And it is uh, until he is the governor that a lot of people are now, you know, becoming aware of what he has been doing. And I find that, you know, very interesting given the fact that, you know, when he was, give me one second, guys. Given the fact that when he was uh, the congressman for Puerto Rico, it's so crazy that you know, none of us, well, the majority of us did not understand that this man actually had a conflict of interest with his wife. Uh, the New York Times, as a matter of fact, um, wrote about this because when he became our congressman, just 20 days after that, his wife started a law firm that actually had um, as clients people that were actually either bondholders or had other interests over Puerto Rico's finances. And I mean, they were interviewed by the house at some point and he decided not to provide the names of these clients it was until the new york times decided to interview him and he did he refused to be interviewed but they started investigating his wife's clients and basically his um excuse was basically we have to take his word for it that he was not sharing information with his wife that will eventually, of the status of Puerto Rico's finances and the moves that were going to happen uh, politically-wise, we will have to take his word for it that he was not sharing this information with his wife. It came down to that. And let's not forget that this man made millions of dollars uh, through his wife's um law firm because of the clients that she had and if that doesn't yell corruption i do not know what does 
And the fact that a lot of people often like to say, oh, you know, politicians are corrupt only in Latin America. That is not true. We have a congressman that was in Washington, D.C., and they were celebrated as a power couple. In the meantime, his wife had access to information that he only had as a congressman because he knew a lot of things and a lot of decisions that were happening regarding Puerto Rico before Puerto Ricans were aware because Washington makes most of the decisions that influence the results that we were going to have on the ground in Puerto Rico. And she had that knowledge before us. So I see Radical Latino says, congrats to 100 subs. Thank you, Radical. Yes. Um, thank you guys for supporting my channel. I hit uh, 100 subs uh, during this week. So thank you guys for the support. Now we're on the road to 200 subs. So make sure, you know, you let people know about what we're doing here, the way, you know, we talk about important and inspirational subjects so that we can become better in in many aspects of finances and businesses. So back to um, what I was saying with Pedro Pierluisi, um, his wife had knowledge of decisions that were going to, you know, um, were going to affect us financially, either positive or negative, right before us. And like I said, we had to basically take his word that he was not telling his wife on pillow talk or uh, over lunch or dinner, the stuff that was happening and the decisions that were being taken place in Washington regarding Puerto Rico. And we have to take his wife's word that she was not sharing or steering um, her clients into the direction um, you know, of taking advantage of the people of Puerto Rico, which is why I'm, I'm an advocate for us to get more knowledgeable on stuff like this and business and corporate and law and how things actually work. So after that, uh, he was not reelected in 2012. Uh, the opposite uh, party won. So... Pedro Pierluisi goes back to um, the private sector and becomes a lobbyist. And I'm going to show you guys real quick something. Give me one second. But basically, remind remember when I told you guys that his wife uh, established a law firm 20 days after um, he swore, was sworn in as a congressman? Well... Her cousin also started a law firm, uh, O'Neill and Borges, that basically um, serviced and, okay, when he was a congressman, he, he requested that we will have uh, chapter nine regarding the financial situation of Puerto Rico. This is this is a snowball situation, but I'm gonna try to make it short. With Pedro Rosselló's corrupt officials and his massive corruption in Puerto Rico, a lot of uh, things start to fall apart financially in our island. So that created a massive amount of debt 
because we had either commitments that were lifelong commitments or commitments of 50 years, 100 years and stuff like that, that we would still have to be paying, but we didn't have the money to pay. But we also have to, in the and in a sense, pay for this expansion of government. What their government did is that even though we're a small island, they expanded the government to give jobs to friends, soul friends and family and people that donated to their their collectivity and whatnot. And they started employing these people, expanding the the government and let's not forget that comes out of taxpayers money and there's only so much we can pay so when you expand the government and you assign them with hundreds of thousands of dollars as a salary per year at some point things are going to start falling apart especially when you put all these contracts because you're receiving donations from corporations either from the u.s or locally and you put all these contracts to be paid with taxpayers' money, you start running out of money. That's not good administration. And because they did so many because they wanted to enrich themselves instead of thinking about the future of the people of Puerto Rico, they have to start borrowing money. And this is what got Puerto Rico to the point where it is today with the debt of $128 billion that we cannot pay. We borrowed in total between Sila Maria Calderon Luis Fortuño and Aníbal Acevedo Vila, three governors in the span of 12 years that follow Pedro Rosselló's governorship, um, we borrowed close to $5 billion, but that debt was sold with internal information that, in my, if you ask me personally, in my opinion, it's not a coincidence that the people that bought this debt were clients of Pedro Pierluisi's wife. How do they know that they could purchase this debt and that the people of Puerto Rico were not going to buy it? Because, look, if the people of Puerto Rico have the $5 billion that they had to pay 10 years down the road that they borrowed, we will not have this inflated debt today. We would have been debt-free. But somehow, she knew exactly that we did not have the money to pay that, so it was good to advise her clients to buy that debt, inflate it, and take it out of the people of Puerto Rico's uh, pocket because they could sell it and post any interest that they wanted. Now, Pedro Pierluisi had a very, he says, and many people say that, hey, he fought for Chapter 9, which is something that many states of the United States have access to. But somehow it wasn't approved for the people of Puerto Rico because, hey, we're second class citizens after all. We don't have the same rights as the states have. So unfortunately, we did not, the Washington, D.C. did not approve um, a Chapter 9 for us like they did for the state of Florida, that they're about to do for the state of California, state of New York, uh, when they incur in debt. So what President Obama did in 2016 is that he, before he left, he decided to impose an oversight board. Uh, for those who are not familiar with Ley Promesa, basically is a board that decides, hey, since you guys do not know how to spend money, I'm going to tell you, we're going to tell you how to spend the money and how to control the money 
in what to invest in. And that's why the, the people of Puerto Rico, because of our politicians like Pierluisi and Pedro Rosselló and Sila Maria Calderón and Aníbal Acevedo Vila, we lost the opportunity mm -hmm. to have our own autonomy over the decisions, the financial decisions that we can make in Puerto Rico. And we lost also the right to vote for the people that make these decisions because we voted uh, our governors in after this. However, they don't make the decisions anymore. They propose decisions to the oversight board and the oversight board now decides if they want to pay and make these decisions or if the people of Puerto Rico should starve and pay the debt first, which is what's happening right now in Puerto Rico. Now, this man alone, I would say, was one of the main faces that orchestrated this horrible scenario we're in that's a very sticky situation. It's like an abyss that we cannot escape. So when he finished his term as as a congressman, he went back to the private sector and he was quote unquote hired by this uh, firm that was his cousin's, his wife's cousin's law firm was called O'Neill and, and Borges. And this law firm, one of their clients is the oversight board. The oversight board has to have uh, lawyers lobbying for their decisions so that if they incurred into either overstretching or not foreseeing uh, something that can be harmful for the people of Puerto Rico, you know, they can have somebody to defend them. Now, the oversight board decided to allow a company called AES to deposit coal-burning uh, coal ashes in the South Central Park of Puerto Rico in between Salinas, Peñuelas, and I Bonito. Now, what happened was that he, being in the private sector now, started fighting against the lobbyists from Puerto Rico, from the Senate of Puerto Rico, that were fighting that this ashes could be potentially harmful, that they had chemicals that could kill people, give people cancer, uh, you know, and a lot of things that this ashes contain. Now, this man decided that, you know, let's just sell them the idea that these ashes are not harmful to the public and they can be deposited in Puerto Rico. So for all the coal burning that's happening in the U.S. through the company AES, these ashes land in Puerto Rico. And what they have done is that in the interior part, when they're developing houses, they just put a thin layer of, uh, of um, how can I say, pebbles, something like that. Uh, they put it on a, a quick, like a very thin layer of it, and they claim that supposedly it's basically clean. You can develop this land and build houses. Now, a few years after that, a lot of people started getting sick when people saw that, you know, when the oversight board uh, sent Pedro Pierluisi and the Senate of Puerto Rico started fighting with Pedro Pierluisi, uh, lobbying for this um, ashes to be deposited in Puerto Rico, he claimed that, like I said, they were not harmful, they were not going to do nothing, and we were going to receive some benefit out of this translated into job creations. 
And a lot of people believed him. A lot of people were like, hey, you know, AES is coming to Puerto Rico. Now we're going to have a lot of jobs in the interior part of the island. Uh, it's going to be good. We're going to urbanize this, this area and whatnot. And what they brought was ashes in return. Um, I have a, it's in Spanish, but I'm st I'll still translate for you guys. And I'll sh I just want to show you guys um, the ashes and the thin ledger of either dirt or pebbles that they throw in. But you guys can see that the ashes are still there. Now, eventually, a lot of people start developing cancer. A lot of women start having uh, miscarriages. And also, a lot of people started developing heart conditions as a result of this. And as you can see in this picture, there's a man uh, unveiling the ashes and right behind him, that's one of the, of the acreage that was developed into urbanizations, which is basically a gated community. In Puerto Rico, there's a lot of gated communities and we call them urbanizations. Um, but there's a lot of people uh, that started getting this result as as a result of the ashes and when the university of puerto rico decided to study the land because a lot of people were saying that the water at the river started turning in different colors and looking whitish and the animals started dying uh, the University of Puerto Rico decided to launch an investigation and started collecting samples from the land and the water, and they found arsenic. And there's two types of arsenic, organic and non-organic, and it was the non-organic one, and it's extremely toxic. And it was all the way up to the level of being harmful. Now... Remember when I said that they claimed that they were going to just put like a thin layer of of ashes in this land and then a thin layer of dirt and pebbles? Well, the University of Puerto Rico uh, discovered that they have been putting in the interior part of the island up to 12 feet of, of width or of length, however you want to call it, in ashes in our land of in containing this uh, harmful arsenic. So a lot of people, a lot of women started having, like I said, miscarriages. A lot of people started having a lot of gastrointestinal issues, uh, neuropathies, uh, a lot of lesions in their skin, uh, cancer, uh, heart diseases, and it happened in a few years. So unfortunately, Pierluisi threw a blind eye at that point because he was doing something that was more important to him at that point. Give me one second, guys. Let me move him from here so you guys can see what I was talking about. As you guys can see, this is the man that I was talking about, and these are the organizations right behind him. There's one of them right here. And this is how literally places in Guayama, Peñuelas, Puerto Rico, Salinas, this is how our lands look right now. Even the grass has started dying. So also, 
in 2019, a lot of people that noticed this started protesting and blocking the the constant trucks that started coming with the ashes. And this literally fell in deaf ears. Okay, a lot of people uh, ignore this issue because, well, it's in the interior part of the island, so they did not care. And the media, as it has been proven, decided that, you know, it's not something important that we need to cover. So people are still getting sick for this. And we have a contract, thanks to Pedro Pierluisi, with AS till 2052. So we were gonna we're gonna start uh, we're gonna keep getting this harmful ashes until 2052. So we have a long time to go, and then a lot of people wonder why Puerto Ricans get sick so much, and it's because of this. Now, after this uh, situation, Pedro Pierluisi continued his work with. Uh, Oni Lemborges, the law firm that he was working for in the private sector, even though he was still, you know, had some information, inside information due to the fact that he was a congressman uh, just a few years before this. Now, when the protest of Ricky Rosselló started happening in 2019, during that summer, um, a lot of his officials resigned. So he didn't have a secretary of state, so he could not resign and leave the seat, you know, uh, with nobody. So basically what he did is that he called Pedro Pierluisi, Ricky Rosselló called Pedro Pierluisi and said, hey, uh, come over here and I'll nominate you for secretary of state. And that's what he did. And even though um, he had a lot of pushback from the Senate, and to be actually to approve of this nomination because they were like, weren't you just fighting us, fighting against us for the ashes? You were pro-ashes just a year ago. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you want to be against ashes because you have to look after the best interests of the people of Puerto Rico. And once again, Pedro Pierluisi found himself in a position of conflict of interest. So I don't know if you guys can tell, but it is starting to become a pattern for him. This man's loyalties have an expiration date, just like uh, our Senate president had uh, said in the past, you know, but unfortunately his um, nomination was passed by the Senate of Puerto Rico in 2019 and he became the secretary of state. Now, many of you guys, I don't know if many of you guys know, but uh, Pedro Pierluisi had his sights on the governorship of Puerto Rico for whatever malicious intentions he has on his mind, and which which is what we're seeing right now, you know, because I do not believe this man actually cares for Puerto Rico. He wants to increase his network. He doesn't understand um, that these things cost lives, or if he does, he really doesn't care. So basically, um, if Ricardo Rosselló uh, resigned in 2019, if he did not have a secretary of state, the attorney general will become a governor. So Pedro Pierluisi decided that as soon as Ricardo Rosselló resigned, he decided to be sworn in in a private setting and become the governor of Puerto Rico. And he managed to 
going to La Fortaleza, which is the governor mansion in Puerto Rico, and proclaim himself the governor. That was a Friday. And four days after, the Senate said, no, according to the Puerto Rican Constitution, you are not. You have to let Wanda Vasquez be sworn in. And that's what she did. So because he wanted this to happen and he wanted to be the governor because there's still parts of Puerto Rico that he could sell away at the expense of our lives, he decided to run for governorship in 2020. And guess what? 33% of Puerto Ricans voted for this man. Unfortunately, 67% of Puerto Ricans did not vote for him. So that's why he's getting a lot of pushback with everything he's doing. But I believe he's still going to manage to have it done. Now, like I said, um, there's a lot of things that I can say about Pedro Pierluisi. And I just wanted to bring like a very quick um, briefing on who this man is. And I'm also going to insert my opinion. Uh, this man is not a good person. He's not, there's not such a thing as a good politician, right? Let's just put that out there. But the fact is that this man and his collectivity is like a cancer that's eating up at our people. And the way he does politics with the amount of disregard that he does it, um, is disgusting. And the fact of the matter is that he introduced a new way of doing politics with this disregard of his constant conflict of interest. When he's in the private sector, he I'm pretty sure he exchanged information with these places to actually then come back into the, the politics uh, setting and actually get that part done. And then he goes back to the public, the private sector and gets this agenda advanced for the takeover of our island. And it's like I said, it pains me to see that 33% of our people still voted for this man without the proper knowledge of, you know, what is really costing us. And for those who do not know and did not saw what I said about uh, Eliezer Molina, the, the episode is up. You know, what happened to Eliezer is just the beginning. We're seeing that our beaches are being sold, um, you know, our the outskirts of our national forests are being sold, our, our power grid is being sold, you know, to a company that was just established 30 days before they were granted $100 million in a contract, a juicy contract uh, from the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. So it's like I said, it's it's... It's disgusting what we're seeing right now, but this man is the face of the the bad situation in Puerto Rico. Every time you open your wallet and you see that there's less and less money left for savings and for food, this is the this is the culprit. This man is the culprit of that. You know, there's a reason why he was chained in the debates constantly is because he's the, the responsible person that has been involved in every decision that has hammered 
one nail at a time at the death of Puerto Rico as we knew it. And he had done it in less than 12 years. This has been his career. This has been who he is and what he does for a living. It's selling his people. And the reason why I have stated this before in the lie Latinos have believed part one, the reason why these people do not care about us is because they are not us. I don't know how many times I had to explain this. These people are not through Latinos. They come from directly from Spain, establish themselves in one generation in Puerto Rico, and they send their kids to study here in the U.S., come back and become a politician. That is their MO, all of them. If you trace them back, that's who they are. These are people that are exercising uh, their white supremacy in Latin America, one, one of them at a time. And like I said, it's it's disgusting to see that we have people still defending them and just, you know, being used to actually sell our island away at the expense of our people. Now, I'm going to allow people in for a little bit. I don't want to uh, extend this too much because, as you guys know, I usually don't do this on Saturdays, but... Basically, um, we have so much to discuss about this man and what's going on in the island of Puerto Rico. And I'm pretty sure if I come back in three months, I will have more things and more backdoor deals that this man is doing. And his only response always is, well, you might have to take my word for it. Well, I have something to tell you, Pedro Pierluisi. I do not take your word for it. I see right through your bullshit and I know you're selling us away. And a lot of Puerto Ricans know you're selling us away. This is not something that we're not uh, we're unaware of. We're see you we're seeing you on the moves that you're doing. We see you coming, we see what you're doing and we will make sure that you are shame and disgrace just like your predecessor. Now, you guys know I always go into intermission before the calls are in. Follow me on Instagram and also like and subscribe to this bot, uh, to this channel, I'm sorry. And I will be back in a few minutes to actually start the discussion with people that might want to come in and discuss it with me. Like I said, we're not going to long it out too much because it's a Saturday and whatnot, and you know we all have stuff to do or probably places to go and enjoy. But I did wanted to bring this information um, so that we can get things moving and people can know what's going on in Puerto Rico, why we're going through the stuff we're going through. And like I said, I'm going to take a few minutes in the intermission, probably three, four minutes. So the ones that are, I see Radical and Jose in the back, I will put you guys on in a few minutes. Let's go into intermission and I'll be right back. Thank you. 
Good afternoon, everybody, and good afternoon to any everybody that's that's listening to the live stream. Um, how are you, Radical? Is Radical there? Pierluisi got him. <laughs> anyway, hey, uh, I, hey. I was just having my issues. What's up? <laughs> I was. I thought Pierluisi got you. <laughs> so what do you guys think on this topic what do you guys think now that i explain more in depth like what uh pierluisi 
is the actual governor of Puerto Rico and what he has done in his career. Anybody can uh, go? Be- oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Radical. No, 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 let, let Jose go. Okay, go ahead. Jose. Okay, appreciate it. First, first of all, before I go on, Radical, I just want to say I enjoyed your contact, your contact, and I really enjoyed your face video. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, I, you know, the more I hear about this individual, the more it makes me want to cringe. And when you think about the harm that it's doing to the, you know, to to our people in Puerto Rico, I just have a question: Is there any way that he could be recalled as governor and, you know, do something similar to what was done in 2019? We will have to find a charge that we can uh, present to the Senate, and they will have to um, start the impeachment. It's up to them. So basically, until the next election, they're basically stuck with this guy. Unless the people of Puerto Rico, like we did with Ricardo Rosellon, that we um, pressure the House of Representatives to actually issue charges against this man, yeah, we're pretty much stuck with him. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean... Those deal, uh, those deal people are going to be suffering. Sorry about that. I'm having like internet issues right now. Okay. You know, it's just, you know, it's just a shame, you know, the harm that Pierre Lucy is doing to Puerto Rico. I mean, with all the stuff that's going on, but I think what's crazy was the fact that his cousin actually created an infinity pool in an area regarding the correct terrors, even though they are in danger of facing extinction. Yeah, let's not let's not forget that part. You know, it's oh my god, it was insane. The fact, look, the more you look into this man, the more you realize that he's a corrupted, his corruption the person. If corruption was a person, it would have Pierluisi's face. Okay. Um, I'm going to let Radical say his, say his words because I'd like to hear his, his, his take on it as well. Yeah. My... Pierre Luis is getting him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want Radical to go at him. But honestly, I, I agree with you. Oh, he's back. Go Sorry. Ahead, I'm, I swear to God, my internet is so spotty right now. I don't know what's going on. Um, I just, I just want to say that uh it's it's very um it's really crazy just hearing everything that you said denise um so most of the things i didn't even know was occurring um on the island like that um what i he'll be back he'll be back <laughs> oh boy but maybe it's pierre is doing this to try to stop uh radical from speaking yeah, yeah, he he's getting radical um, right now. <laughs> you know, um, some people cannot deal with the truth. Yeah, yeah, we see it every day. We see it every day, and it's like I said, it's 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 crazy to see that you know a lot of people still believe his lies. You know, they use and exploit the the stance of people pro statehood. 
to actually, you know, get them to vote for these people. And, um, and people, because we're not educated properly, people didn't know how businesses work, how finances, how corporate Uh, corporations work and what the, that does that represent right now look at the contract we have with luma i will do a piece on that um you know okay radical he said his wife is bugging that he's gonna reset it and hold on okay in the meantime like i said um right now people do not know what the luma contract represents because it's a hundred no 849 pages long Nobody is going to read that and understand all those pages. I only, and I'm, I understand a little bit more, and I have only gotten to read 112 pages of those 849. And I already found five things that are illegal with this contract. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It's like I said, and this is when, before he got elected, he was like, oh, I will Uh, pursue that the workers for the 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 AEE the Autoridad de Energía Eléctrica are protected. However, when he got into the governorship, he was like, "Now, well, I will make sure that the contract, you know, it's it's fully done properly in the transition because I cannot back down from that contract." You see how his loyalties and his interest always, it, it always points out to be him. It's never the people. It's always him. Um, is it possible that people, I mean, at one point, look at him as a savior, just like in this country, the white evangelicals look at Trump as their savior? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because... If you think about it, he was celebrated with his wife in Washington, D.C. as a power couple. And people just, it's like I said, our politicians right now are celebrities. And people adore them as if they were monarchs. And it's, it's, that's the reason why we don't move forward in life. Because we keep looking at things in the wrong way because we let media educate us, the TV to educate us, social media to educate us. And we're like, oh, you know, this person is handsome. Let's vote for him. Oh, this person is cute or is sassy. Let's vote for him. And these decisions should not be taken lightly. You know, look at right now how people knowing full well that both parties suck. You know, Trump sucks. Biden sucks, but nobody decided to vote for the Green Party. Give new people a new chance to fail. Why we keep voting the same people in? You know, it's the same thing that's happening in Puerto Rico and it's happening everywhere else. We are so scared of change that we don't understand that you are right now in a position that if you keep voting for the same people, voting is the only thing we have to contest the powerful, the mighty and powerful people that we have ruling us. And if you don't know how to use it, they will use your vote against you. How? They will start this propaganda of how they're like this savior, this angelical, like you said, person, and how they will bring progress and they're so cute and stuff. 
and they will distract you with knickknacks. Oh, you know what? President Biden today gave a flower from the ground to his wife. Oh, Pedro Pierluisi today, you know, has a new girlfriend. Oh, and let's not forget Pedro Pierluisi also, a woman before he got elected, she brought up some uh, text messages of him sexually harassing her because she was, I'm sorry, she was his personal trainer and she did not want the sexual um, advances that he was throwing on her in her case. I'm pretty sure they probably pay her off. Well, the fact of the matter is, unfortunately, um, human nature does not like change. I mean, I cannot speak for Puerto Rico because I never lived there. But I know, like, in the United States, when Ken when John Kennedy was running for president in 1960, uh, um, they couldn't handle the deal with the fact that he was Catholic and everyone was afraid that he's going to take his orders from the Pope. And in 2008, when Barack Obama was running for president and got elected as the first African-American president, I mean, people, you know, they actually got in conviction, conviction fits. And actually, there is a video clip of which uh, uh, John McCain, in one of his rallies, He had to shut a woman, one of his supporters down because they was making wild accusations about Obama. And, you know, he had to say, you know what? Barack Obama is a decent man. It's just that the certain things that we disagree on. I disagree with that because of what he did to my people. Mm -hmm. He board. He took, with one decision, he took our rights away. Mm -hmm. So I do not see Obama. I don't respect Obama at all. To me, okay. he's the one person that destroyed Puerto Rico with the oversight board mm -hmm. and did not make Chapter Nine available for us so that we can have a fighting chance. So no, I I believe he was. Well, Moise says Moise Picard said decent. Nah, I wouldn't call him decent. He's in decent in every way. When you do that to three million people and force people like myself to leave the place you're born in and you're happy in and you love and you hinder our progress like this and you basically make us live under, you know, circumstances that are disgusting, you know? Like, for example, I'll tell you two things. Um, the oversight board costs the people of Puerto Rico $6 million per year because we have to pay them salary, their, their travel expenses, their food, their relocation expenses. The lady that runs the oversight board, Natalie Yaresco, is an Ukrainian lady that destroyed the Ukraine um, finances. Yet that's one of the persons that was appointed to rule over us. And then Obama knewing, hey, you know, I might not be reelected. I, I don't have any control over this. The next president will. You know, and oh, so Moise said it. He's like, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like I said, um, when Obama ran for presidency in Puerto Rico, there was kind of like a excitement because we were like, hey, a, a president that looks like us, we're mm -hmm. going to, because we only can vote in the primaries. 
Mm -hmm. So when he came to Puerto Rico in the primaries, we were like, of course you got our vote. Come on. You know, we want to see people that look like ourselves in the White House. So we gave him our vote in the primaries. So he won the primaries. And we were like, yeah, Obama, when he won, a lot of Puerto Ricans were holding vigils and crying out of happiness, celebrating. That was the first time that we actually embraced the American flag. It was when Obama won because we thought, hey, equality is around the corner. And it wasn't. This man just set us back to the, the gobierno insular we had in the 1940s and the 1930s with the United States when we did not have any, any power whatsoever to the decisions that will affect our lives. Why? Because he put another layer of government ruling our government. Our governor is not the governor of Puerto Rico. Our governor is just somebody that ministers the colony based on the decisions of the oversight board. For example, the pensions that people, for like my mom, work in government or any other agency for so many years, if you're on a pension and because your level of, of education grants you a higher salary than the average person in your retirement, you know that they take money out of your, your paychecks to put towards your retirement, if you're getting paid, uh, let's say, 1800 per month, the oversight board is fighting now to reduce it to 1200 So That's, that's incredible. And, and please forgive me for cutting in like this. Because $1,800 a month, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's a disaster. And, and the fact that they like, well, we have to take those extra $600 and we have to put them towards the debt. The debt that Pedro Pierluisi's wife helped American corporations and, and Volter Venter capitalists buy and inflate so that we can pay it and they can get richer. Incredible. That is so, so sad. And of course, you're the only one that's bringing all this to light. None of the so-called YouTubers are bringing bringing it to like this. Yeah, they're they're not interested in um, getting to know. I'm pretty sure if you ask them about this, I mean, probably after they watch my stuff, you know. Well, <laughs> but you know what gonna, I'm sorry. You know what they're gonna say? They're gonna say that you made it all up. To try to increase views and yeah. get more likes. Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's like I said, the New York Times agrees with me. Are they gonna say that the New York Times is full of shit? You know, no, like how narcissistic people can be to say that even the New York Times is wrong when they are saying, "Yo, there's a conflict of interest that the House of Representatives is now questioning this congressman." And these are the corporations that work, are the, I'm sorry, Pedro Pierluisi's wife's clients. So it's like I said, hmm, who's wrong? Like, if, if I'm wrong, then the New York Times is wrong. But you know, but you know what's the problem is? You have people that working under their own set of truths, okay? So therefore, when someone comes with facts they cannot deal with it um and 
it's sad and it's just, you know, it's just part of the problem is people have this victim mentality and people just cannot deal with the truth. Um, it's just that they rather deal with their own lunacy than accept reality. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's it's because I don't know. It's it's something that there are layers of miseducation, you know, and it's going to take some time and a lot of therapy for people to actually get over this. Um, so, I have a. Um, I have a question. The educational system in Puerto Rico, is it similar to the educational system here in the United States or, or is it different? It's similar. It's similar with a few changes um, because of how mediocre it's administered. But right. in reality, it's supposed to be the same. It's just that it focuses more on telling us that, you know, Christopher Columbus came to love us, and that's it. <laughs> and Taínos passed away, and that was it. So and Spain, and, and, and oh, don't forget, Spain is the is the great paradigm, and we should all strive to be um, Caucasian one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not necessarily thought like that. Because in Puerto Rico, we are taught since kindergarten that, you know, we're three races in one. And a lot of people start rejecting that notion of Hispanidad around 12 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you start waking up and saying, hey, uh, what I was taught in elementary school is, is, a, is full of shit. Yeah. And you start looking for answers yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it's it's really cringeworthy. I don't know if you guys uh, have heard, but close to 13,000 students failed um, in the ninth grade this with this pandemic in Puerto Rico. And that's a lot because we're only 2.8 million uh, people down there. So that's a lot of the students. That uh, you know what, Denise? To be perfectly honest, I'm not all surprised because here... In New York, um, since the pandemic, I mean, everybody has to, has, you know, the students have to do Zoom classes. But the problem is, not everyone has access to internet. Not everyone has access to a laptop or a smartphone or what have you. And then Sometimes there's problem with the Wi-Fi connection. Um, many times where I'm trying to work remotely and I have to like send an email with my with my smartphone stating there's a problem with my Wi-Fi. I cannot, you know, I can't I cannot gain access to my programs because of the Wi-Fi connection. So if I'm having this problem. Imagine a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old that it's in a living with without the benefit of a laptop or Wi-Fi. What what's how disadvantaged that child is? Yeah, it it because this is the thing, uh, Jose. 
the problem in Puerto Rico is that we still have a lot of rural areas. Rural areas in Puerto Rico are basically mountains. And because they have not paid attention to the demands that these people do, hey, I want to have internet here, up here in the mountains, make it happen. And the government throws a blind eye. Now with the C-19, what happened is that it shed, it, it literally, the whole pandemic shed a higher light. It highlighted all the problems that our, our people have. You know, we started seeing the amount of people that actually don't have access to internet, that don't possess uh, a laptop or a computer. Well, how many of our kids uh, we saw that were going to the Taco Bells and the Starbucks to get the Wi-Fi to actually study. And in Puerto Rico, they promised these kids a tablet so that they could study. But the tablets arrive like, what, seven, eight months, you know? So it's like I said, and I want to make a quick disclaimer. Please do not broadcast here um, other people's oh, content. Uh, let whoever wants to, you know, go to to those um other streams and whatnot let them go but let's not promote that here so it's like i said um with that being said you know in puerto rico a lot of a lot of the kids don't have access to this stuff and they did not have any other way to study and even the teachers because teachers are paid 1500 a month that's how they start excuse and me Yes. Did I hear you? I'm sorry. Did I hear you correctly? Yeah, it's fifteen hundred a month. So I, that's basically three seventy-five. That's three seventy-five a week. Yeah, basically, and and it's and that's before taxes. Okay. So imagine if you dare to have a child, and you dare to purchase a house and a and a vehicle. You know, you cannot afford probably Wi-Fi. I know, like, my family has 11 educators. And some of them, you know, could not afford some of these things. So, of course, the, how they're going to teach their kids, you know, the kids that they are supposed to be teaching. So it was, it was a very uh, crazy system. Also, uh, private schools were charging still full price for the kids that they had. And a lot of these kids were like, hey, my parents are not working right now. They're not receiving unemployment yet. Uh, they cannot pay the full month. And they refused to give these kids the materials to actually study. So it's like I said, and to respond to Good Boy, Good Boy said, um, how you can live off of that you're just barely living yeah definitely like like i said my family has 11 educators and depending on how much they invested in their career like for example my mother has been an educator since 1988 and she had to actually go back to college and get a phd in order for her to get 2500 a month and it, it's and she still has three jobs you know, in order to survive. In Puerto Rico, things are complicated. And also, she doesn't have Wi-Fi because she lives in the mountains. 
And because she lives in the mountains, she doesn't have this service provided for her. So she had to go to my other sister's house that lives more in the in the flats in Puerto Rico and had access to the internet to teach the kids. It was a roller coaster of BS. That's 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 incredible. Um I mean just to take just to give an example. Um for most most people working for the city of New York with a bachelor's degree, um, as far as like for people in and you know that's covered under under our, our, our title of our local, the average salaries I think is about forty five thousand a year. Now you try and manage to live for on forty five thousand a year in New York City by yourself. Never mind the fact if you have a wife and children. Yeah. It's like I said, it's it's crazy because it it these people actually cannot live with the money that they get. You know, and, and you see now that they still owe one hundred and twenty eight billion dollars. And I'm like, how are they gonna pay that? And it's all um, because I- it's it's all because of, of the mismanagement of these people. It's so disgusting. If if you guys want to know the debates that we were having, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show something. I'm gonna show something real quick. But before I show that, um, you know, if you guys watch the debates for uh, the Puerto Rican governorship this past 2020, you guys can see that more people than than you would think feel the same way now because like i mentioned before only 33 percent voted for this man and the other 67 percent voted for other people because they did not believe him uh he started getting a lot of threats and people trying to quote unquote intimidate him according to him because you know he was uh reopening the schools at the expense of the kids and the teachers health and he had to close them back down in two weeks because after he threatened the people i'm going to show first what he said when people were telling him don't open the schools our our department of like our department of health is our health department i'm sorry is not um sustainable enough to take another wave of C-19 and I'm going to show you guys what he said when people were telling him that he was mediocre for doing that. Bueno, eso es lo que voy a decir. Voy a hacer pregunta. Pudiera decir más cosas, ¿sabes? Pero tu pregunta no... Bueno, que es que he leído en los medios lenguaje, las palabras básicamente que lo que indican es que me están amenazando a mí. Y le voy a decir a todos que yo no me intimido por amenazas vengan de donde vengan. Eso no funciona con él conmigo. Así que conmigo sí se puede dialogar. Conmigo sí pueden pedir una audiencia, hacerme reclamo. Pero el que viene así se encontró con este jíbaro que eso no funciona. El que ha visto un jíbaro sabe la que viene. Y a mí, a mí, eso, conmigo eso no va. Así que que respeten. Siempre con respeto. 
las, las amenazas conmigo no van. Vengan de donde ven. ¿Usted se refiere a las expresiones de Jaramillo ayer de que sacaron a Ricky y que lo podían sacar ustedes? Bueno, yo no voy a poner palabras en la boca de nadie. Este servidor fue bien claro en todo momento antes de asumir el cargo de la gobernación. Siempre dijo que, está, que iba a revisar el contrato y de ser necesario hacer lo que fuera eh, posible por enmendar. Jamás dije que iba a cancelar ese contrato. Así que que dejen de decir que yo he cambiado de postura. Mi postura es la misma. Lo que he hecho no solo es revisar el contrato, creé un comité timón para fiscalizar precisamente el contrato, la transición que se está llevando a cabo. Y como dice la orden ejecutiva que crea el comité timón, que lo preside el secretario de Estado, eh, el comité timón puede recomendarme posibles enmiendas para que se negocien. O sea que aquí la puerta no está cerrada a posibles enmiendas a ese contrato, jamás ha estado cerrada. Eh... Now, I don't know if you heard what he said about the schools and then he proceeded to talk about the, the Luma Energy contract when they were telling him, hey, this is not a good contract, it's time to withdraw from it he's like well i've said now that i'm not gonna cancel it i'm not changing my position uh morena says why does he sound why does he sound cuban morena because he's not real he's not real puerto rican so he speaks more like a neutral spanish with a mixture of cuban puerto rican and spaniard so of course he's not gonna sound like your normal puerto rican however like i said uh, Man, if I This might chime in, yeah, uh, go ahead. he kind of reminds me of our governor in New York, Andrew Cuomo. Um, because last year he was looked upon as the great savior because he was, you know, on top on the situation with COVID 19, but yet we found out that. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the figures as far as the death in the nursing homes were hidden, so not to show a true number of people that died in the nursing homes. And then there's all the allegations of sexual harassment. So I mean, he looks like he looks like a, like a, a Latino version of, of Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's because these people are are all. Uh, little fragments of the same cloth, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, they have the same mentality and it's a predatory mentality. It's like, let's make money out of the people. We're the commodity. Make, yeah. make no mistake, we are the commodity to these people. And that's why I get so upset. And many people, you know, have come for me because of it. But I get so upset at them and their stupidity because they just... Mm -hmm flow through life and they know nothing about these things. There's a lot of people in Puerto Rico still and the diaspora, the New Yorkans, the Philippines, you know, they don't know that we're living among poisonous ashes. They don't know that, you know, the Condado Lagoon right now is being polluted by the Hiltons. They don't know right now, you know, that uh, the outskirts of our national forests are being up for sale for the price of rotten fish. So people like Jake Paul and Logan Paul can buy them. 
you know, and do whatever they want with them. Like they don't know these things. And it's like when you when you come from this position when you're shedding a light on that and you see that they question you on your personal level, your personal life, it's so frustrating. Yes. Um and going back, you know, to the debate, the debate that you had with Chi Chi. I mean, first of all, um, he asked you to show proof, but all he was able to do is to make a lot of false claims and false accusations. And the fact of the matter is, you know, it's easy for him to ask for your proof when you don't even have to show proof. But yeah. when you are, are arguing with an emotion, it just makes you seem pathetic and weak. Yes, yes, definitely. Because it's like, oh, you're so insignificant. Oh, your channel is insignificant. Yet he was there still trying to debate with me. Yeah, if I'm so the, insignificant, then why are you talking to me? Why you're coming the, into my stream if I'm mm -hmm. so insignificant? Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, we the reality he's never gotten to your stream because if he had gotten to your stream, first of all, he would have hear the same information I'm getting now. I'm getting from you. He would he would have known about this information. It's just that he was overwhelmed. The fact that he was debating with a strong Latina that actually knows her business. Yeah. And he just couldn't deal with it. He came to my first stream and and made a fool of himself. Yes. Um, because when asked questions about, you know, what's happening right now, his response was mediocre in my opinion i believe this is his response for those who do not know when i ask him a direct question of a solution this is what he said honestly i have like no idea what you just said because i'm not really educated on this subject that that's what he had to say so people have to make their decisions when you know if you follow this circus, I I have very bad news for you. You know, it, it's it's really it's it's cringe. If you follow this circus, uh, Ramon, um, quiet. I mean, close your other tab on YouTube so that, that we don't get um, the feedback. Now, um, I'm glad that Ramon is here because he's another fellow Puerto Rican, and it's nice to you know. Have us all here talking about this stuff. How are you, Ramon? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing on this Saturday afternoon, early afternoon? Uh, well, I don't know the, the time difference. Is it is it with you, Denise? Uh, it's about to be. It's about to be the afternoon. Oh, uh, okay, well, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Well, it's 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 almost three thirty over here in New York, and Ramon, it's always a pleasure to um to hear from you. Likewise, sir. So, Ramon, what are your thoughts on Pedro Pierluisi? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Hi, hi, hi. This is going to be this is going to be a little painful. I don't know if you were, if you had a chance to check out uh, Fighter Stream last night. No, uh, I did not. 
I was yeah. I participated I participated yeah, in yeah, part yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Don Jose Don Jose was uh, was there and I had a chance to kind of like talk a, a little bit about what, what was going on recently, the situation with the power company and how it, it, sloppy of a job Pierre Luisi did when it comes to, to handling that, when it came to handling the, the, the contracts. And I don't know if there was some type of a, some kind of a, a misinformation or it all came down to him owing a favor to somebody else because you know how it is with politicians they I'm are always sure doing each other I'm play, I'm pre- I don't know if you have watched the whole thing no um, no no I, 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 I'm sorry trust me trust <laughs> me if you watch this from the beginning it will you will cut you will you will be caught up I'm pretty sure okay. this is because because if you think about it we have been in the last 30 years Puerto Rico has had many many people from the PNPs and yeah. both parties are in this, you know, they just give each other a pat in the back behind closed doors, but hate each other in front of us. But they orchestrate this together. And yeah. Luis is literally the face of the status. Every time, like I said, a Puerto Rican is broke or hungry or doesn't have enough money. Pedro Pierluisi is the culprit because he started his career in 2009. And it took him close to 12 years to actually put us in this position by sharing internal information with, through his wife, with his wife's um, law firm clients. And, you know, that's why our debt was bought and inflated. That's why we have the, the killer ashes in the interior, in the south interior part of the island. You know, it's his corruption knows no limits. Yeah, yeah I heard something about the the ashes that they were they were burning stuff and and tossing the ashes to, in on some lands and they they were getting all polluted and contaminated. So those lands wouldn't be able to be fit for as in to be used as arable land and kind of like to but be able to. People are living there. You know that uh, right now in Peñuelas, oh, the... people. People are having cancer. People are getting yeah. cardiovascular uh, issues. They're getting diabetes. They're getting um, skin rashes and lesions. Women yeah. are miscarrying left and right for no reason. And it all goes back to that. And also in the Rio in Guayama, in yeah. the river, they have found the arsenic there too. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's all because of what he, he lobbied for this ashes to be put in Puerto Rico. And this is the result. And we're going to get them till 2052. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. So it, it's every time that he fails in his political career, he goes back to the private sector and exchange information with them that will be harmful for us because then we don't have a dog in the fight anymore because if we had something to fight with, like a bargaining chip or uh, ace of spades to actually, you know, play with the corporate sector, the private sector back and forth so we can get a decent deal, he hinders yeah. that process by sharing information. That sounds like insider trading. I mean, yeah. isn't that supposed to be prohibited? Yeah, but we are supposed to take his word for it. Uh, the key word is supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no, because what you're what you're describing that sounds like insider trading and, and and companies when it comes to companies when it comes to to the stock exchange and 
and those things when it comes to companies having stocks that they're supposed to have information, keep information confidential that is not available to investors. Uh, because it, that's what, what they call it insider trading, and people people go to jail for it. And I think it, uh, uh, it, I think it was Martha Stewart that was actually arrested for that. Of course, very little happened to her. But my understanding mm -hmm. that it had to do it had to do her getting arrest, arrested had to do with insider training, and that sounds like like insider training, trading internal secrets, internal information from companies to use to their advantage when it comes to investing. That sounds like it's almost exactly the same thing, just not with the stock exchange itself. But yeah, yeah. And just yesterday I was calling I was calling home about the whole situation with the with the protest that happened at the entrance of, of Buchanan. I commented a little bit on that uh last night on fighter stream it was late it was late it, it was like over it was past one in the morning we were still up talking there <clears throat> and when when there was a, a comment something was being said about puerto rico and i took a chance and i went off a little bit i talked about the protests at uh at buchanan and i also commented when it came to what we talked about when uh what was going on with the with the construction of that of that infinity of that infinity pool right at the beach and how parts of the island are being sold off to outsiders to foreigners and how the it could eventually end up in puerto rico being like a situation like in hawaii how the locals can't afford to live close to the water because yeah. the beachfront property is so expensive and only uh, only foreigners can afford it. Look at what um, <clears throat> look at what Tomas Rivera chat said. Uh, the, he was the he's the former Senate president uh, of Puerto Rico. When former? Pedro, he's the former. Yeah, he's not the president. Mm -hmm. He's still in the Senate, but not the president. Now, um, he he was, you know, the, the Senate has to bet the nomination especially coming from Ricky Rosselló when he nominated him as a secretary of state so that he could take uh, his place in yeah. being the governor. Uh, this is not just something that I have said. Even Tomás Rivera Chávez said it. Uh, look at this. Yo creo que hay que darle el, el, el debido proceso al compañero Pedro Pelici. Creo que tiene graves conflictos. Creo que las expresiones que hizo... <coughs> ayer y hoy lo descualifican todavía más de lo que ya estaba a mí no me inspira confianza para gobernar en esas circunstancias porque el abogado de quien ha sido el enemigo número uno de Puerto Rico no puede estar al mando de Puerto Rico si en la cámara se arrodillan allá ellos si tuviera algún costo político que no confirmemos a Pedro Pérez porque entendemos que no es que lo tenga. Yo he dicho y repito una vez más hoy, yo no negocio principios ni valores por votos. El día que yo me vaya de aquí, no me iré como Ricardo se está yendo o como se fue Aníbal Acedo Vilá. Dos gobernadores que avergonzaron a Puerto Rico y que hoy alguna gente después que la semana pasada 
lo acusaban, lo trituraban y lo torturaban y lo demonizaban. Resulta que ahora ha hecho una nominación que es como si viniera de un oráculo. Así que lamento decirle a los que pretendan burlarse de Puerto Rico una vez más, lamento decirles a los que quieren coger, no tan solo ahora a los, de su, a su, a los nuestros, como decía él, sino a todo Puerto Rico, pues una vez más, en contubernio con Aníbal Acedo Vilá y el Grupo Ferranel, lamento decirles que te conozco, Bacalao, aunque vengas disfrazado. Those were the expressions of Tomás Rivera Chats when uh, he was brought up to comment on how fit Pierre Luisi actually was. Yeah. to be the governor of Puerto Rico. I mean, they even can see it. This man has built a whole career with conflicts of interest, selling inside information for yeah. his personal uh, financial gain. So it's like I said, I don't even know how he was approved by his collectivity to actually... And that, that man, Tomás Rivera Chat, is from his own collectivity. Yes, Yes, so, I know. I don't know how they approve him to be a contender for governorship to begin with. They should be sued for that. Hmm. Well, Luis should be in prison right now. Yeah. Because what you just described, that insider trading thing, that, that, that should be an imprisonable offense. So he shouldn't be out. He shouldn't be... <laughs> he shouldn't be in the, in the Fortaleza. No, he should not, but... It's like I said, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna take him to do something major for Puerto Rico to arise and and kick him out. 2019. 2019, that's all I can say. 2019. Yeah. It has worked before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We need we need this. Look, we need this, Ramon. Need uh, this. maybe I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut. Maybe we need like a millennial. Um something like the new president of El Salvador to try to bring some normalcy back to Puerto Rico? Yeah, probably a move like that. You know, so it's like I said, hi, all aboard. I see that you're in. Jump in. Jump in. <laughs> Jump in. Give us your thoughts. Uh, but seriously, it's like I said, it's it's disgusting that, you know, We have people like Eliezer Molina fighting with this type of men. And mm -hmm. right now, I'm going to give you guys an update. Eliezer Molina is facing 14 years in prison for what mm -hmm. he did. Because for, mm -hmm. uh, uh, excuse me, 14 years for civil disobedience? Uh, they gave him civil disobedience. They gave him breaking and entering and also punitive damages. Okay, excuse me. First of all, Let's deal with the punish, punishment fitting the crime, okay? When January the 6th, when we had the mega, the, the mega maniacs came into Washington, D.C. and caused all that disruption, okay? Even though supposedly 400 people was arrested, I mean... None of them are facing, the, you know, the time, the prison that this man is. So it's like, but then again, um, mm -hmm. I guess I should not be surprised 
but it's that. And it's like they fear how much they fear this man that they want to put him in prison for 14 years. Making, they're making him an example. It's about making him an, an example to discourage anybody else to to follow in his footsteps, to do the same thing that he, that he was doing. They're making mm -hmm. him an example. It's not because he, he did something so criminally bad. It's, yeah. It is, they're making him an example. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you can uh, rebel, yeah. you know, against the the elites, and you know, be left, you know, with without a scratch. That's basically what they're what they're telling him. So it's like I said, it's it's oh, it's so disgusting. What it's like a, it's like a plantation system over there in Puerto Rico. Yeah, and heaven forbid. You say something against the masses. Exactly, exactly. It's like I said, when people don't believe me and say like, oh, you know, um, you have to, the problem with you is that, you know, you're so um, crazy and, you know, you're making all this shit up. And, and that you're, that you're against Latino and, men. Yeah, you're just a, a leftist. Uh, what's the other thing that they have called me? Liberal and all kinds of shit. Okay, but, but who's saying who's saying that you're making shit up? Come again? Uh, who's saying that you're making shit up? Some of my detractors that come to tell me that I'm making shit up. Okay, I'm but are like, they Puerto Rican? Are they Puerto Rican? Uh, or at claim, least knowledgeable? Some claim to be Puerto Rican, but somehow they don't even know La Borinquena. <laughs> But you know something, but you know something, um, just to, to discuss myself, because I try to be pragmatic and I try to see the situation as is, not what I like it to be. And the fact of the matter is, forgive me if I sound like a broken record, but what you're doing is you bringing truth that certain individuals cannot handle. I mean, they cannot handle that you, you know, the tr your truth and the fact that it's, you know, it's harming this concept um, that they have about the inversion of Hispanidad, uh, how, you know, their delusional way is the correct way. And how dare you if you say something different? Yeah. yeah. No, no, but a lot of the, a lot of the so-called Hispanidad talkers, they're not talking about uh, like being real Hispanos. I mean, they're talking about Hispanidad with this notion and reminiscing about a time that they didn't live in, which was when the Spanish Empire was a thing. And they're, they're, a part of them actually believed that that we're going to go back to it, that Spain is going to become a superpower again, that it's going to become an empire again. Uh, admit. You know what? Okay, you know what? It's more of a likelihood that we could, I'll become Pope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's so, get, so, it's so get ready, nothing. so get ready for my for, for the time when I be, when I be declared Pope Jose. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> oh, no, no, but, but it's kind of like it's reminiscing about a time that 
we're not gonna go back to because Spain yeah. right now, Spain economically, Spain to my understanding is not doing that great. I don't know what the, what excuse they will have since they ex extracted so much wealth from the Americas. Unless we're talking about that they extracted the wealth, but it went most of it to, to the Vatican. That, that would be like the only explanation for that. They don't have an excuse. They got a lot of wealth out of the Americas. And, and they're, also, they're also part of, of the European Union, part of NATO. The other European countries are not going to allow Spain to become, a, uh, to become an empire again. No. It's just not going to happen. No, no. I mean, I mean, countries like Germany, France, and the UK yeah. are not going to allow Spain to become what they were five hundred years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they, they share they share an imperialism at, at one time when it, when it, when it comes to Spain, the uh, Portugal. Um, uh, France, the English, they all share pieces of empire uh, uh, around the world, whether it was in the Americas, whether it, whether it was in, in the African continent. Spain didn't have much that much of a presence in, in the African continent. But but to this day, France and England are are still leeching off the, the, the African continent. So... Economically, they're still somewhat operating as empires. They're still operating as imperial powers. Uh, but but Spain is not functioning like that anymore. Not really. So it's not, they don't have kind of like a foundation. That, that foundation is gone. They're not going to make a comeback, so to speak. So they need to let, let go of that fantasy. Yeah, they, but you know what? But, but you, they but won't. You know, but they won't. But you know what's the problem, Ramon? Yeah. It makes too much sense. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And if you take a look, if you take a look of the British, mm -hmm. I mean, there was a saying that the sun never set on the British Empire. I mean, what they were able to do was divide and conquer. So when you have these individuals that attack people um, when they're trying to bring truth, they're just becoming pawns of racists. And, and I see it, you know, with certain individuals, which I'm not going to name, but I think we all know who we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, how we get into this, all this rhetoric uh, regarding how certain Aspen, you know, certain portions of our community are only the true Latinos because of our skin color and what have you. And, you know, it's just that it's just a sad case of divide and conquer, and they don't realize this. Yeah. Well, the, this, this somebody that, that are hell bent in, in thinking like that, they're gonna, they're just dividing themselves out of a community. I mean, there is nothing that, there is nothing that we can do. Uh, it's just best for us that are more like-minded to to be able to remain on the same page and not try, no. remaining uh -huh, remaining on the, on the same page and not letting 
detractors or people that disagree uh, kind of like take away from the energy, take away the, the uh, take away from being the purpose from the purpose the, from the from the purpose. We we don't want to allow that to happen. If if this certain somebody's want want to keep um, fantasize, fantasizing about a, a, an empire that is not gonna come back, let them. Let them, let them, but don't try to convince them. Don't try to, yeah. let's not try to change their mind. They're, no, 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 they're no. Gonna no. Believe, they're going to believe what they're going to believe. It's a waste of time trying to. No, they, 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 they're, sat there and dying of therapy, but, but in the game, you have to admit that you have a problem. Yeah. yeah. And, and that will not happen. That's why I don't entertain that here on my channel because. It's like I said, we have a limited time to actually get stuff done for our people. And yeah. we can't afford this. You know, in other times, if we were doing better and people's lives were not at stake, yeah, why not? Let's just entertain uh, the BS and, you know, hear them talk about, you know, their, their romance with Spain and whatnot. But this is not the time. If they want to be who they want to be, they want to be the circus. Let them be the circus. Like I said, mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 something that really I paid no mind to that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I will be I will be one of those that if I had any power, it, <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna trigger somebody. Somebody's gonna hear this and they're gonna get triggered. Uh, if it were if it were for me. I will take down the statue, the, the Columbus statue, that big ass one that is relatively recent yeah. that they wasted. I don't know how many millions they wasted million on that. Dollars. You know what's crazy, Ramon? Yeah. We don't you find weird that in Puerto Rico, where the the Spain reunification movement only got seventeen people. Uh, they did. They, they did uh, a reunification movement that only got seventeen attendees. Wow! And, shocker. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? It's uh -huh. it. What's insane is like why the biggest uh, statue of Columbus is in Puerto Rico. Don't you find that weird? No, but uh, I don't know. The least we care the least about Spain, and uh -huh. somehow, somehow. We have the biggest statue in Puerto Rico. I don't. I, don't, I just don't see the, the point in erecting a, a, another statue of an Italian. Uh, we already there is already a monument. There, there are already a couple of mo smaller monuments, older monuments. I mean, I guess that could be fine. I will still take them down because I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't want to glor glorify a colonizer. Yes, yes, that's what he was. Whatever, whatever <laughs> the, the romanticizers want to call him, that was a colonizer, and that and that big statue, that big statue was a was a waste of money. When I learned of that, and when I learned about that, I was I, I was really offended because I, I I knew that a lot of money was gonna be wasted on that, and I don't know who whose vanity project was that that they were trying to compete with other monuments that are in other parts of. of of the Latin American countries, because I'm sure there are many of them. Uh, apparently, there were whoever's whoever had the idea to put up that that monument. They were trying to compete. I don't know what was the point of it, Maybe. but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 
a romanticizing the memory of a of a colonizer. I mean, but you know look at what Moise Picard said. Christopher Columbus was and will always be a creep. <laughs> but you know what the whole crazy. But you know what the whole crazy thing. The whole purpose was to discover a route to the East Indies. Okay. Yeah, that's I what the problem. I'm yeah. sorry. No, that, that's what the traveling was about. Uh, I mean, that's a whole thing. It's trying they, to get to the Spice they, Island, I, can, I think it was. Where the... Yeah, I mean, and they, what happened was they got sidetracked and they ended up first in the Dominican Republic, then in Puerto Rico, then um, other parts of Central and South America, and then the Spanish discovered in Mexico and other places there was gold. Okay, yeah. so they were only trying to enrich themselves yeah. at the cost of others, which brings me to a, a, a crazy, a crazy point, which is people calling death on the United States, but yet mm. they're sucking at the teeth of the at the U.S., prospering under the U.S., but yet they're calling for the death of the United States. If it, I mean, if you really feel that the United States is an evil empire, why are you profiting by being part of that state and then leave? And don't leave. Well, the same people that are going on and on, possibly talking about the Spain, this, Spain, that are the same ones that more move there. They wouldn't move there because they know that they wouldn't be received. They wouldn't be seen as the same as a Spaniard. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that they, they will be they will be speaking Spanish, even the even if they were speaking Spanish themselves, they were not going to be seen as a as a Spaniard. The, the immigration they have an immigration authority, and I remember seeing a program about that that when Hispanics or Latinos, as you would rather call it, I know. When they show up in Spain, they start scrutinizing their identity and they start listening to how they talk, to trying to place their accents. I mean, and because they're, they're not also, we're not really wanted over there like that. I mean, I'm not gonna be, uh, I'm not gonna be using, I'm not gonna use a certain terms to call what they're doing, but. Uh, to my understanding, nothing against them. I don't hate them or anything like that. But we're not really, we're not really wanted over there like that. I mean, mm -hmm. we were more, more. We are more on our own, and we should be, we should be, kind of like united under our our ethnic group, united amongst our ethnic group, and kind of like leave this this empire dreams kind of we should have those of us that believe in those that they should they really need to leave that behind because that's not going to get anywhere and it's only those aspirations those imperialistic aspirations are only adding to any divisions that could be going on amongst us we don't need that that's not going to get get us anywhere it's yeah. not going to help anything yeah. yeah definitely now, guys, I'm going to get the last uh, thoughts on Jose and Ramon, and then I'll share mine to close this up. So, Jose, final thoughts. Well, once again, I 
thank you for being extremely gracious, um, allowing me to participate in the stream and the and to be perfect. And the fact that matters, I'm getting a real, real solid education from you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that matter is, um, you know, it's amazing what's going on in Puerto Rico and how sad it is going over there and how many people, they don't know what's going on and how many people cannot accept the truth. But, you know, the Bible talks about that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And we're perishing because we don't have this knowledge and we cannot accept not this knowledge because it's easier to live, accept an illusion or, or a lie to accept the truth. But the fact that it matters, we have to admit there's a problem to come up to a solution. And, you know, I just want to, you know, do not let the naysayers get you down. Um, keep, you know, keep up with the good fight because you are performing a great public service. And to those that, that you, know, you know, in the chat, I always got to say the same thing again. Um, please be careful out there because there's some people that are mentally ill that want to do us harm. Definitely. Thank you, Jose, for also always join with your wisdom and your good vibes. I always tell you. And like I said, um, yeah, I, I try to do my part and bring in the information mm-hmm. and also off camera, do my part by putting my words into action as well. And I wish to motivate others to do the same thing. You know, if we all do a small part, you know, the less a few individuals have to do alone. Uh, and that's how communities are supposed to function. So mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, that that's what started this channel. I started spreading what I'm doing, what I think my visions. And a lot of people that think the same way are coming together and also sharing what they think and what they know. And we're slowly but surely forming a group of like-minded individuals that, you know, want to put in the work to actually get this stuff more balanced and get us, get us in the road to success and prosperity and prosperity. I'm sorry. So thank you, Jose. Now, um, okay. Please be safe, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Now, Ramon, uh, your final thoughts. And really quickly, Free Eliezer Molina, his imprisonment is mostly politically motivated. Nobody will tell me different. Yes, I mean, like a stepping foot in a construction site or whatever there could be a, there could be an argument for whether that is a, a some kind of misdemeanor or a, or a or a or a major charge or, or or a major crime but this is mostly politically motivated i'm not going to be told different i mean it's like we mentioned before he's being made an an example is this is political mostly and no, no, there's going to have to be a major demonstrations. We have recent example that it can help. It, it can work. Let's just look back two years ago. Look two years ago, it grabbed the attention probably of the world. I mean, a lot of people around the world 
had their eyes on what was going on in Puerto Rico at that time. And it's going to be, uh, I guess it's going to have to be time for another demonstration. And free yeah. Eliezer. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> definitely. Thank you, Ramon. And uh, I will remove you now, but uh, thank you for your words. I agree with you 100%. You know, I I believe that Eliezer Molina uh, should not be made an example of because it's like I said, he what he did, what he's guilty of is just defending our patrimony. And now, guys, before I leave you, um, please like and subscribe. Also, hit that bell for notification. Follow me on Instagram. Um, you know, like I said, I post a lot of stuff there that sometimes we cannot post here on YouTube because of copyright infringements, but I post more information over there. But like I said, this is a, a man, Pedro Pierluis is a man that is the reason why many Puerto Ricans today don't have enough. Many of us are in debt. Many of us have had to leave, you know, because he saw an opportunity to make his own gain, um, you know, and made that a priority instead of actually make something happen. So, like I said, um, let's just learn how to study these people, see their resume. It's like when you're hiring a person for your own company, you will look at their resume and see what they have done, where they have been, and their their work history is what majorly determines if they'll be hired or not. The same thing has to be done with politicians. They have a resume. Let's start looking it up and stop voting for people that, you know, actually put us in harm's harms and the harm's way or actually set our communities behind so before i leave you guys you know um be aware that you know we're still in the middle of a pandemic so you know be safe keep your social distance and also Yeah, that's right. We're going to be on the road. Be on the lookout for that. You know, if you're in the um, California area, you might come across uh, Latin splaining on the road. And also Also, no bullshit is coming later this summer. I partner up with my friend uh, Olivor to bring you more relaxed uh, topics on different things that are happening either in pop culture or who knows, celebrities, society in general. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, without any further ado, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this impromptu uh, show regarding who is Pedro Pierluisi. Uh, now, in Monday, we're going to have uh, our regular shows. So I hope to see you guys there. Remember, we are live Mondays and Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So without any further ado, thank you all that tune in and those watching the replay. Thank you very much for the support. 
we have hit 100 subscribers. Now we're on the road for 200. So make sure you spread the word. You tell your friends, your family, everybody to come here to Latin Splaining to get your news on Latin America and our Latin diasporas. Thank you very much. My name is Denise Gonzalez, and this has been another episode of Latin Splaining.